0: If we make mistakes, are you going
1: to clip it? Yep, we're already running. Hello, and welcome to Cornerstone's uh, Seder Dinner. We Well, breakfast for you, since you're probably watching this on Sunday morning. Uh, but Chad and I are bringing you the Seder Dinner. Well, actually, we are bringing you, typically, in the last several years, we do an abbreviated Seder Dinner. This year, we are doing an abbreviated of the abbreviation of the abbreviated dinner. And the reason for that uh, is because this is, we are not together. We are not sitting at the same table. We are not looking at the same food. And uh, it, is, it is hard to be celebrating around the same table, looking at all the elements and experiencing all the things in a normal Seder when we have the separation. So at first I was kind of bummed by that. Uh, but then I realized uh, as I was praying, thinking about the things that God may have planned for this year, I was thinking back to when the Seder began, Seder, the Passover Seder, and uh, I realized that the Jewish people were sitting in their homes, huddled in their homes with the door locked, praying for deliverance uh, from a plague. So there was a little bit of similarity on what we're, we're kind of experiencing uh, today. Um, so then I started praying like, Lord, what, what is it that you really want us to be paying attention to? And then I started realizing the similarities between the original Passover, the Passover that Jesus, the one that we normally look at uh, when Jesus is doing it with his disciples, and the one that we're going to do today. But we need uh, some elements. You should have picked up your Seder packet from one of the pickup points if you're paying attention to the emails or some of the, but what do you want, dude? What are you doing? Oh, elements. So I was just saying, thank you for the elements. I'm trying to shoot a video. Yeah, We have cups, right? So you should have cups. Uh, crackers. Yep, crackers. They know what crackers are. And juice. Thank you. We could have figured this out, man. It's weird. I'm shooting a video. Can you please get out of here? Yes, they know. They know how to pour. Please, just leave. Thank you. What a weirdo. Goodbye. Anyway. I, uh, losing my train of thought. Back on track. Let's... Let's stay focused, people. Oh, Seder elements. Yes, so today, uh, a little bit of um, run through. What I want you to do, since you have your elements, and now so do I, you're going to have one cup and one pour, but pour enough that you can get four drinks out of one cup. The reason for that is the centerpiece of the Seder is centered around four cups that, co- uh, that correlate with the four I will statements that God gives uh, his people, the promises that he gives his people in um, in Exodus chapter six. So I want you to right now, take your cup and give it a good pour. And if you didn't pick up a kit, use water, I guess. I don't know, I'm sure it's gonna work. I give myself a nice good pour, cause I, I like grape juice. Uh, so let's get started. Um, the four... Oh, actually, okay, sorry. Stick to the notes. We're moving at light speed here, Daniel. Uh, so the the seder would start with prayer. So please join me in prayer as we start this seder breakfast. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, all the people that are going to be watching uh, your story here. The seder play out, um, which is just you telling your story of, of redemption, of deliverance from. Uh, the bondage of sin. So Lord, I pray as we uh, are experiencing um, this story in a brand new way that you would bring it completely fresh to our hearts, that you would open our eyes, Lord, open our hearts to hear your words, to hear your voice calling us uh, to repent and to be freed from uh, the bondage of sin. Lord. And I, it's, it's no accident that you time this to happen Um, the the things that we are experiencing in our world, there's there's no accident here that you are shaking awake your people to, uh, right at the time of Passover, to say, I want to be your God. I want to be your deliverer. Uh, Believe in me. So Lord, as we do that today, as we point our hearts towards you, as we draw near to you, Lord, I pray that you would just overwhelm us with your presence that you would come and flood our homes wherever we are meeting, flood the hearts that are listening, and Lord, uh, do amazing and a mighty work in our, in our lives. Lord. Amen. All right, so they would start with a prayer uh, from their family Haggadah, which is just their, their book on, on, on the, uh, the way that the Seder would, would flow. So we are going to uh, stick to some of that, uh, and then fly past other parts of it. Uh, we are the the main parts that we are going to be looking at are the four cups, as I said. So the first cup, the cup that I'm uh, that I'm going to bring to you is uh, the Kaddush, is what it's called, and that uh, is also the, um, the the cup of sanctification. Now the Seder was a celebration. It was a time that the Jews were flooding uh Jerusalem, they were coming to the temple they were worshiping God, but mostly they were remembering God's powerful deliverance for his people that he was uh it was it was a it was a, a, a feastal time that God had commanded his people so that they would remember what God had done for them so around this time a lot of the jews were were hanging out it was a full week long celebration it was a time where they were sanctifying their lives they were Hanging out as family, they were they were drinking wine together, and a lot of times there was insurrection and in the, there was a whole lot going on in the city. This is the same time that Jesus enters in a on on a donkey, and Pontius Pilate is there to, to keep uh, everything under control under Roman rule. Uh, so the the Jews are really feeling that Roman oppression at this time. So the first uh, the first cup, the Kadush, which is the cup of sanctification. Uh, corresponds with the first I will statement uh, in Exodus. So I want you to grab your Bibles and pull them out. We're going to be in Exodus chapter six, okay? It's the second chapter in the Bible, so it's really easy to find. It's in the front of your Bible, and it's uh, on chapter six. We're going to start in verse six and read through eight. Okay, so read with me. It says, there. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of Egypt, of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from the slavery of them to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment, and I will take you out to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So each of these four statements was a promise to God's people, and the first one was. Uh, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Okay. So in Psalm 24, well, let's, let's take a look. What does it mean to be sanctified? What does sanctification even mean? And sanctified being sanctified or, or sanctification just means to be set apart for a holy purpose. It means, uh, that God has, has pulled this people, his people, the, the Hebrew people and set them apart for his holy purpose. Now, uh, I wanted to read to you Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. So if you want to turn with me, that's about the middle of your Bible. You don't have to. But if you turn with me, verses 3 and 4 reads, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Well, we know that none of us have those things. And God's holiness, because he's so holy and so perfect, his holiness demands perfection from us. And since we don't have that, we don't have that clean heart. We don't have that, or we don't have those clean hands and that pure heart. Uh, we deserve punishment. Now, uh, Chad's going to talk a little bit more about that in the next cup as when we get there. Uh, <clears throat> but the the Egyptian life was a hard life for the Jews, for the Hebrew people. They, they lived uh, under the the pharaoh who told who had them uh doing hard labor and it it cost them a lot okay so it was a very bitter time in their in their history and what this was during this time of, of the dinner as they drank the first cup of wine they would talk about that remembrance they would they would remember the hard times of of what it was like to live under the egyptian rule so that they would remember what it was like to be delivered from that okay so uh, the thing that I want to hear I want you to hear from this cup is that uh life in sin is bitter bondage, and God wants to free us and deliver us from that. Okay, so from the first Seder, uh the Hebrews they couldn't deliver themselves from Pharaoh, they couldn't just get up and leave, they were slaves, so they didn't have that choice. They needed a savior, they needed God to step in and to mightily deliver them. Okay, now in the when, this, when our Savior, when Jesus was doing the Seder with his disciples, uh, the Jews were waiting for Jesus to deliver them from the Roman oppression. And they were, they were hoping that he would set up his eternal kingdom by smashing the Roman rule. They wanted it right then and there. They thought that Jesus would be, being his Messiah would deliver them immediately. But Jesus was doing something way bigger. He was delivering uh, all of humanity from sin. So now our Seder, what I'd like to point out, is that we are looking forward to his return. So at each one of these instances, mankind had their eyes down when they should have had them pointed up. They should have been looking at what God's story was really telling. So uh, what I'd like to say, let's turn to Matthew 24, verse 22, and I'll read that one really quickly too. It says, uh, this is Jesus speaking, it says, therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. And then in Revelation, uh, let's do Revelation 16, verse 15. Again, it says, when Jesus does come return, he's gonna say, behold, uh, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. He's saying, stay awake, be prepared for my return, because when I come, I'm coming quickly, and no one's going to expect it. So what we have to do is not look down, but look up. Look at God's overarching story and where we get to play a part in that, um, because he is coming quickly. Uh, In Luke 18, it tells us when he comes, he's gonna be looking for faith. Uh, Luke 18, verse eight, it says, when the Lord returns, he wants to know is he going to find faith? So when he comes, he's going to be looking for those of us that are living faithfully, living with faith, knowing, expecting his return to happen at any given moment. So uh, the last scripture I want to read you for the first cup comes from First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And as I, as I turn there, actually, I want you to write it down because you're going to want to read this again after you pause and talk about it as a family. So 2 verses 9 and 10 says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are on the other end of Jesus' saving grace and what he accomplished the first Seder, which means we should have eyes to be expecting his return. So uh, the question I'd like you to, you to uh, be asking each other is how should your hearts respond to being set apart by God? So reread that First uh, Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, and then talk about, how your heart should be responsive to that. And kids, basically what this does for you to understand the question, it's saying, as, are we orphans or do we have a heavenly father that loves us? That's basically what I want you to answer is, how should we act when we know that God uh, loves us and we have a heavenly father? So pray with me. Lord, you are coming quickly. So until you do, Lord, I pray as Paul did in, the, in Colossians in his letter to the Colossians. Um, that we as your people would preach the gospel boldly and fearlessly as we ought. Lord, give us uh, that, um, give us that courage and give us that strength and that boldness. Uh, We love you. Amen. So hit pause. And when you come back, uh, Chad will take you to cup number two. Okay.
0: We are back and we are going to stand for the reading of God's word. Now, I want to remind you that although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. And you you can be seated. I was reading out of uh, Jude, verse 5, and uh, it's just a reminder that we see that Jesus was there during the exodus and we see that and um we're going to play on we're going to look at the the two different uh, acts of this story right it's one story it's god's story god promises his redemption through this uh, messiah that's coming he points to that in the exodus he points to that in um, saving his people out of egypt which daniel did a great job of explaining the hardships that they, they had to overcome. But uh, what I really wanted to start with is, is to help us understand this, is that there's destruction and wrath coming. That's what the cup of wrath or the cup of judgment or the cup of plagues, as it's called in different, different uh, texts, is the second cup. And so although the Seder is a time for rejoicing and, and praising God for helping us uh, be free from the land of sin and the land of slavery. Um, it's because of this wrath. And so I want to explain that so that we understand that, right? Uh, some people think of uh, Jesus as uh, a Galilean hippie that drives around and listens to the Spice Girls and as you go in Europe. Well, that's not really happening. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's coming as blood is dipped, as is robe is dipped in blood, and his eyes are like fire, and he has a sword. It's not the right picture, and so that's what I want to make sure that we understand is as we look at this cup of wrath, the second cup, so that we can celebrate this Seder, um, I want to talk a little bit about that. So the second I will statement is the promise. I will deliver you from their slavery or their bondage. I will deliver you from their slavery or their bondage, and so They were slaves to the Jewish people, were slaves to the Egyptians. And um, they were under bondage. And they were, um, as Daniel said, it's a very difficult time for them in that period. And they were hoping and, and praying to God, asking God, please get us out of here. And so because of sin, God had to punish the sin, not the sinner, but the sin. And if they didn't repent and they didn't believe and they didn't do the things that God asked them to do, which is very specific. And, and I, hate to, I hate to say it, but it, it, he gives us specific instructions during that time so that we get passed over. Right. We had to kill the lamb at the specific hour. We had to put the blood on the lentils. Uh, we, we had to do those things so that so that his angel would pass over us and not cause the death of the firstborn in our families, which. Egypt saw, and that was the last and the the worst of the ten plagues, and that was the last thing that set Pharaoh off to say, Okay, please get get up, go up and get out of here. Later he chased them, but there was severe um, famine. There was all these plagues, there was the death of the firstborns, including Pharaoh's son. And then he was so angry that they had left, he sent their army after him. And of course, we know. That Moses uh, holds out his staff, God parts the Red Sea. They go through it. The Red Sea swallows up all of Egypt. And I'm, I'm going through pieces of that story because it's important for us to realize that that's pointing towards Jesus. It's pointing towards how He frees us from our sin. Right? We are slaves to sin. It tells us in Romans. And and if if we don't believe, then we're going to continue to be slaves to sin. And so. Um, He's pointing us toward that in his story, his one story. And so the Passover meal instructions were God calling his shot to allow for this redemption. And the I will deliver you out of slavery is uh, the second I will promise for this second cup. But again, let's not miss the point and the beauty of God is going to punish sin, which is awesome. Thank you. We serve a holy God. That he has to punish sin. And then we, we fast forward and we start to see the same story building up in the time of Jesus when, when he is going to have to endure the second cup so that we can be free like the first cup Daniel talked about. There's sanctification and freedom in the first cup because God pours out his wrath in the second cup, which is that I will deliver you. And his plan is to redeem us throughout this, through the pouring out of this wrath. And Jesus is the perfect picture of this as God pours out His wrath. Romans 1:18 says, "For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, but who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth." And we see this that that's, that this wrath is coming in uh, the New Testament. In Luke, it, it tells us Jesus even asked the Father, "Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless," Not my will, but yours be done. Why does he know that it's going to be that bad? Because he was there, as we heard in Jude, when, when it happened in Exodus, that Jesus was there. He redeemed his people. He got them out, and the wrath came behind him. And so as, G, as we look to Jesus in the this, in this second cup, as we look in the Seder, we have to see that, that God is pouring out wrath on sin, not on the sinner, and we can we can embrace that and we can thank god for that and we can accept that free gift so all of his wrath is being poured out onto jesus and so we can be saved and so in this time i know there's a lot going on and daniel talked about some of that that we're not meeting and we're all here semi-live this morning over over a video uh, but i wanted to ask you a question. What are the sins or what are the things that God is trying to work out or redeem you from right now in your life? Because what, what, are, what is he going to pour his wrath out on those sins? So I want you to ask each other, and maybe that's a tough question, but we know that we serve a holy God. And I want to leave you with this out of, out of Exodus 20. So this is after they were redeemed out of Egypt. Afterwards, God spoke to Moses in the desert saying, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And so we are free when we believe we are free. And what we see in the second cup is we rejoice that God aims his wrath at Jesus so that he can allow us to come home. So what is it that God's trying to work out in your life right now?
1: Oh, man. Welcome back. Thank you, Chad. That was a good one. A perfect. Jump off into the third cup, which is the Hagula, which is uh, the good news of redemption. So uh, as Chad was saying, uh, we we serve a holy God. He's going to pour out his wrath on sin. Unfortunately, I'm attached to my sin because it's mine unless I believe that Jesus took it for me. And that was a symbol in this Seder dinner was the lamb had just been crucified. They would eat, they would, they would drink that uh, glass with the, as they ate the Passover lamb. So this is a, a very clear picture. They know exactly what they what's being talked about and the illustration there. Uh, and then finally, after dinner uh, is the third cup, which is the Haggala, which is the same cup that uh, our savior um said was himself it was it symbolized the the blood of the lamb and this is the one that the lord holds up and tells his disciples uh this is my blood this is the blood that uh, the new covenant all right so we're going to see that really quickly uh it's attached to the third i will statement which is i am the lord and i will redeem you so i can't do it i cannot do this for myself i need a redeemer and jesus is saying i am that strong hand i am that I am going to redeem you. Okay. So this, this cup symbolizes the blood of the past, Passover lamb. Uh, and they had it after the meal. This is also um, uh, the cup that he prayed in the garden. Uh, let this cup pass for me. This is the one that he was saying, Lord, I don't want to do this, but your will be done and not mine. This is what he's talking about. This is the cup that he's going to, he's going to drink that we cannot. So in Luke twenty-two verse twenty it says, "This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood." He is he is completing the old. He is fulfilling the old covenant of the law, and he is instituting a far better one that he is the high priest over. Uh, let me read you 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three uh, to twenty-six, and I'm already I'm moving fast because we are short on time. So eleven twenty-three and twenty-six reads. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Uh, He broke it and said, "Uh, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then they took the bread. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, "This, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So two things I want you to hear out of this. Uh, One, you've heard this before if you've been to a church that takes communion. This is where the Lord's Supper comes from. This is where we get the remembering of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Just like Chad said, he took that full measure of God's wrath on his own shoulders for me so that i don't have to do that amen and amen thank you jesus absolutely so now until he comes i'm to remember which means the first one we are proclaiming uh that jesus is who he said he is and did what he said he was going to do and he didn't stay dead he rose that's going to be the fourth cup chad talks about so i'm excited but before we get there the second thing i want you to know is that we should expect his return. We should be doing this until he returns. We should be expecting it. We should be waiting for it and acting like it's gonna happen at any second. Right, Jesus, right now? No? Okay, not now, but it's coming soon. There's no way, uh, there's no way that it's not. Look at, for the first time, what we're living in is a world that is being shaken awake Uh, That God, I think it's his grace going, turn your eyes to me. Look at me, my loved creation. I want to be your redeemer. Okay, so now uh, Hebrews 10.37 says, uh, for a little while, he who is coming will come, and he will not delay. Jesus, let today be that day. Um, And the sin that you're carrying, I want to tell you, if you are carrying sin, if you've never heard this story, hear it now hear it right now if you are the sin that you are carrying that thing that you're holding on to he he has paid for it you can give it to him it can be dealt with and it can be the bible says removed as far as the east is from the west completely god will choose to forget forget it completely if you put your if you if only you believe in him the sin that you're carrying he wants to take from you he wants to set you free from that bondage. <clears throat> Whoever believes in me will not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's John 3:16. Now Ephesians 1. Oh boy, come on, come on. This is a good one. I gotta get there. Okay, Ephesians 1, uh, 7 through 12. I'm gonna read it really quickly. In him, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ uh, as a plan for the fullness of time. That's what we're looking at today is that story to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance Talking about heaven, your reward in heaven, having being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we are we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Isn't it awesome to be free from the bondage of sin if you believe? Okay, now here's your dis- discussion question. Actually, I'm not going to jump. I want to go back. If you've never heard this story, I'm. I want you to hear it. Uh, this message is for you. If you've never heard this before, I want you to hear it. Repent, repent right now. Give it to Jesus, take it to him. If your heart is sorry, if you're carrying weight, put it down, put it down. And I don't, if, I don't care if you are in a home all by yourself, call me, but if you're with other people, tell them your light, it's, it's not to be hidden. Let it go and proclaim Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Do it today. Don't wait. Now's the time. Today is the day for salvation. The whole world's looking for a redeemer. Make Jesus yours today. Just do it. Just do it. And if you have done it, tell somebody. Actually, that's the point. I'm not going to jump ahead. Your discussion question right now, uh, while you take your, as you do communion, if if this is your first time believing in Jesus, this is your first communion. This is the first time that you get to take communion saying, Lord, I believe. So as we do this, as we remember in my house, we're going to do it. We're going to remember, we're going to proclaim that Jesus is who he says he is and he did what he said he was going to do. But here's, here's your task. What I want you to talk about after you take communion is how awesome. I want you to talk about how you feel knowing that God has paid for your sins. You are freed from that bondage. And also I want you to come up with one person that you're going to tell, that's not in your home, that you know God's going to put them on your heart right now. I believe it. I believe it in my heart. He's going to put somebody on right? He's going to give them to you right now. Him, her, he's going to put their name in your head. And he's going to say, I want you to tell that person how good it feels to be free from sin. Your task this week, tell somebody in your group that you're going to tell them. And then everyone in the group, you hold each other accountable. Ready, set, go. Hit the pause button.
0: Amen, somebody. Thank you, Daniel. That was awesome. Uh, as we, I don't even know if I should say anything. We'll just let, drop it right there. Uh, we're going to talk about the last cup, which is, as Daniel kind of led into, it's the cup of praise, right? It's called the Hallel, and it's the last I will statement. We're going to break that down a little bit, but as Daniel was reading, God had me open up Romans 10, 9. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that is it. There is nothing else. There is nothing else you have to do other than believe and confess. I was the thief on the cross, and God gave me steps down. So I am going to tell somebody. I'm going to tell whoever I can tell because he saved me. And so thank you, Daniel, for that reminder. So back to the fourth cup. The fourth cup. And the final cup of the, of the Seder is the Hillel, and it talks about, I will take you to be my people. I will take you to be my people. There is no other way into the presence of God than by accepting Jesus' death and resurrection and payment in full for our sins. And that is why we can get excited about what Daniel just said. Like he just said gave you the instructions i just read you the thing that tells you there is nothing else you need to do we don't clean up our stuff and then go to church and then maybe we'll think about it It is repent and believe the kingdom of heaven is near that's what god's word tells us so as we get into this i want you to understand when it says i will take you to be my people jesus even modeled that with peter right he renames peter little rock because Jesus is the big rock that we're going to be the foundation. He brings them into his family, his family, his kingdom. He says, little rock, you are now going to be a fisher of men. He renames them. He brings them into his kingdom-building family, and off they go. And Peter models this by accepting that. And then we hear how uh, we become saved. There's salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by men to which we must be saved. Peter said that because he followed Jesus, and, and, and people could recognize that because they, he spent time with Jesus. And what's cool about this, and, and for me, I am the prodigal son, right? Sinner saved by grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I needed all the grace I can get. My grace probably extends more than everybody watching, so trust me. Jesus loves you if you can love me. <clears throat> but it says in John 1, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God. I get to be a child of God, not because of my past, not because of my sin, not because of anything else other than God said in his, I will statements that they're celebrating in the Seder, that they're celebrating in his Passover when God's even telling them to do this before he's done the Passover. He's calling his shot, pointing us directly to Jesus down the road. How amazing is that? And so this fourth cup is, is a, is a cup of praise. They would, they would praise, they would go through uh, different praises, praising God, praising God, praising God, and, and just basically singing the night away because they're so happy and their hearts are full of praise. They're full of joy. They're full of Jesus. And that's how this would end. This, <clears throat> this meal would end with, with laughter and singing and around the table and everybody's family. And it's amazing. And I, I'm, I'm going to go off script like Daniel did a little bit because, you know, I want to be like him someday. God wants you to be part of this family. We are all messed up. We are all a hot mess. But God wants to invite you into this family. He has done so by dying on the cross to redeem you from your sin. He redeemed me from my sin. He redeemed Daniel from his sin. I'm telling you, please understand that God loves you enough to point us through this Seder meal all the way to Jesus even in the Exodus, all the way to Jesus. And we don't want to miss that point because Jesus is the only remedy that he has provided for man's sin problem. Right now, people are running around crazy, trying to find a remedy for the the business. I'm not even gonna say it because it'll be outdated, I'm sure, by next year. But you all know what I'm talking about. We are in the middle of what they're calling a plague or whatever this is. The, The answer is Jesus. The remedy is Jesus. If you think that, that he can't heal, then ask Jesus and see what he can do. If you think that he can't protect you, ask Jesus and see what he can do. And, and if, if God calls you home through whatever's going on right now, I pray that you know Jesus and have repented and confessed because that's it. That's all you have to do. He's going to ask you, do you know who I am? Yes or no. That is real. And I, I hope (laughs) that i'm going to ask you a discussion question here in a second but just think of think of the joy around the table when they'll be praising god and singing all night long full happy rejoicing right singing the psalm this is the day the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it thank you thank you jesus for this day and so the discussion question and the thing that i want you to really uh, uh talk about around the table is what do we have to be thankful for? What do you have to be thankful for specifically in how you can praise God? Because right now, you know, toilet paper short, people are acting crazy. What do you have to be thankful for? Personally, I'll tell you right now, I'll be honest with you. I am thankful for family time. Whatever's going on has allowed me to spend more time with my family, around the table, talking about God, talking about Jesus, singing the night away. We want to invite you into that through the Seder meal, through these cups. We love you. God loves you, and go ahead and discuss. Thank you so much for watching.
1: All right, welcome back. All right, so now they would close down. They would end the Seder uh, saying together, next year in Jerusalem. They would say next year, uh, they, they want the kingdom to come. Next year, may we do this in God's kingdom, because Jesus is he's waiting to do this again with us in his father's kingdom. He's fasting until we can get there. He's excited about, like Chad was saying, he's excited about you being in in his family, which might even be the reason he's waited this long. So uh, let's all say it together. Next year in Jerusalem, baby. All right. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Seder. Have a great day and God bless.